Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg. Podcast. Tesla has officially become a trillion-dollar company, and mm-hmm. only one in six American companies have reached this type of valuation. It got me playing Monday morning quarterback, if that makes any sense. It can, yeah. Because everyone was buzzing about Tesla very early on. They went public in, I think, 2010. Right. And there were 17 bucks a share when they went public. So I did a little research and found out that if I had put a grand in Tesla stock in March of 2011, today it would be worth just about $120,000. So I'm Not mad a bad at myself. return. What is that, 120 times your initial investment? How about that? Monday morning quarterbacking with our money is very easy to get wrapped up in. You know what I mean? It is, but see, now you have all the data, right? So you, you can look back and you can see which one of the companies did the best. There were a lot of companies at the time in 2011 that were competing in the industry and Tesla wound up being the best one. And we can go back through company after company after company that were in a particular market and were competing. And and, I mean, I'm sure some people knew. We've certainly had clients over the years that have benefited from Tesla stock. But now that you have all the information and hindsight is 2020, course you could say to yourself gee was i i I wish i put my life savings Mm -hmm. into tesla stock back in 2011 because gee whiz look where i'll be now but unfortunately it doesn't work that way i know i'm just mad and bitter because i had this one (laughs) friend of mine that kept talking about it and i was like you're crazy i'm not and here we are but Mm -hmm. we can't live that way we have to look forward to the future and that's something that uh president biden in his own way is (laughs) attempting to do Build it back better? Well, it depends on who you ask. Mm. There's been a lot of last-minute wrangling over the latest spending and tax proposals in D.C. Even President Biden admits it. No one got everything they wanted, including me. But that's what compromise is. That's consensus. Mike, what do you see as the pros and cons for the retirees and pre-retirees that you work with concerning the latest legislation? What I know from from talking to uh, as many people as we do talk to, people are concerned. Even that audio clip certainly didn't build confidence no. in me. Nobody got what they want, <laughs> even nobody me. Got what even I didn't get it. There's just no, uh, so the lack of confidence, the lack of information, we'll get into uh, you know policy and approval ratings a little bit later in the program, but it's just not great and people are worried about it. So the conversations we're having week after week are, you know, I realize the market's doing well, but I'm concerned about the reasons why it's doing well. Is it doing well because the economy's actually doing well, or is it doing well because the government gave people a bunch of money to spend, and then they turned around and spent it, and it's making it for a short period of time, profits go up with corporations. What happens when we get to a point where the country has to actually stand on its own, and people go to work, people make money on their own, uh, they pay taxes on their own, they go out, they spend that money in the economy to grow. We, we aren't at that point. Uh, there's a huge percentage of the population that still isn't working. And unfortunately, they're actually choosing not to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- what I'm looking at is when we take a look at why is the stock market doing well, it doesn't look like it's doing well for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It does look like it's doing well because the government spent a lot of money and they printed a bunch of money. But is that sustainable? I think the answer is no. So if you're at retirement or close to retirement, you're taking a look at the value of your retirement accounts, given you know markets that have done uh, very, very well for the past going on, gosh, I mean, since 2009. So we're going on almost 13 years here. 
that markets have been doing well. Where do you go? What do you do? How do you invest your money? And um, it's very concerning that, well, if people aren't going to go back to work and they aren't going to spend money, is the government just going to print more and create a bigger problem? Or at some point, are we actually going to have to hit the reset button on this economy? And frankly, Chris and I, it, pe people just need to wake up. They need mm -hmm. to wake up and go back to work. They need to realize you can't have things for free. They have to realize that if you are getting things for free, eventually that leads to a problem. And for our clients, we're looking to protect them from those problems. We have to come up with portfolios that are going to help them protect their money moving forward if markets get real bad. We have to come up with portfolios that are going to help them make money even if markets aren't doing well. There have to be more ways to make money and not only if the market's going up. And if the market is going down, how do you protect money from those losses? There are a lot of people who don't want to experience an, another 2008 2000 to 2009 crash because they realize that that kind of a drop would impact their portfolio and they could probably never recover. Mm -hmm. So we're having these conversations week after week with individuals that aren't currently working with us, but they just want more information about how they should design a portfolio to be successful, regardless of inflation, regardless of what's going on in the market, regardless of whether or not taxes are significantly higher next year, which is being talked about. It's all very, very confusing for individuals right now. It's been easy to kind of sit back and not worry too much about the portfolio because it seems to keep picking up. But you have to ask yourself, when is that going to come to an end? And when it does, because again, we can't just print money into, you know, just forever. It can't always be going on. At some point that has to stop and it looks like it has. What's gonna happen to your portfolio? So let's get those questions answered. Let's put together a financial plan that helps you be successful in retirement. And again, we would always just define that as maintaining your standard of living, adjusted for inflation and taxes moving forward. Markets aren't always going to go up. They're not always going to go down, but we have to have a plan for both. There's another topic that we all want to address and because we're all thinking the same thing. Are you sick of these gas prices? I definitely see it when it comes to my work. I'm spending like $140 a week on gas. And then people wonder why everything costs so much. Gas is just getting outrageous. I would love to do some road trips, but haven't had that opportunity in my schedule. So in a way, it hasn't really changed my habits too much, although I definitely have cringed at the sight of the numbers going up. I don't even really look at the price when I'm at the pump, but I drive a really fuel-efficient vehicle, so I mean, it's not really that important to me. It definitely makes me take a second look at how I'm getting from place to place, how often, and it definitely makes me want to plan out my day, my week a bit better. At $5 a gallon, I'm done. I'm riding the bike. You know, higher fuel prices are frustrating and impacting us today when filling up the tank, no matter what size vehicle you have. But, mm -hmm. Mike, my question is, could there be opportunities in things like oil and other commodities when we're looking at this as investors, not just folks trying to fill up at the most efficient gas station? You can look at opportunity when the price of gas and oil is going up. You look at what a barrel of crude oil has gone up to and what they're estimating it could go up to. And so if you wanted direct participation in that, um, you know, there are ways to invest in the price of crude oil. But I would take it back and say you have to take a look at where do you think things are going to be, not right now, not necessarily in a month, but maybe six months down the road. Mm -hmm. And there are a, a lot of uh, just a lot of issues, a lot of things that would go towards the cost of fuel prices. So they're up right now because demand is high and supply is low. And anytime we have high 
demand and low supply, doesn't matter if it's gas or oil, doesn't matter if something else, the price of that tends to go up. But how long is the demand going to be super high? So uh, as the price of gasoline, which everybody was just talking about there, goes higher and higher and higher, it's it's very tangible for people because it it is something that you see. You have to go fill up your car. You realize how much more you're paying. Mm -hmm. uh, It hits you right in the wallet, and it's going to affect other things. Look at the price of food. It's higher. Look at the price of vacations. They were a lot higher because demand was really high. Again, all this money that that, that got pumped into the economy, and it, it was free money. It was really, really easy for people to spend, inflated the price of things. And so when we look at supply for gas and oil being low and we look at demand being high, when would you have wanted to invest in it? Well, probably a while ago. Mm-hmm. Right now, prices are high and getting higher, and there may be some opportunity there. But I worry more about, like, if I was to invest in it now, what's likely to happen, say, let's just move it out six months into, into 2022. What is the economy likely to look like? Well, if gas prices stay high, that's a, a tax, really, on the economy, and it's going to slow things down. People get less of it. They, you know, they travel less. They buy less uh, gasoline. Uh, and in traveling less and buying less gasoline, the spending goes down when it comes to travel. So that hurts the economy. What about all the people? You know, we're coming up on winter here. So look at all the people uh, in the northern states. And they're projecting that heating oil is mm-hmm. going to cost 50% more than it cost the year before. Well, that's a huge increase. And again, dollars out of our pockets. And where is that money coming from? Well, the stimulus package is over. People aren't getting checks anymore. So it's going to start to hit people pretty hard. And what I found just through talking to people in industry and and the economy is that most of the money that was sent out to individuals for uh, stimulus has been spent. It was spent on, frankly, trips to Disney World. Uh, One of our clients is a JetBlue pilot. He says we were 98% capacity to Disney. The st- I mean, so it, it was spent. Uh, I talked, I think, last week about our the person that we know of that uh, drives a truck for Amazon. And mm-hmm. he was happy the stimulus was over because he got tired of delivering four or 500 big screen TVs a day. The money's gone. So and those numbers aren't going to show up in the economic numbers until I don't believe the first quarter of 2022. So if the stimulus isn't there and people aren't spending money. And that's happening right now, but we don't find out until the first quarter of 2022 when they report those numbers. What do you want to be doing with your portfolio right now? And those are the conversations we need to be having with our listeners. Well, I know you love statistics, but you don't like generalizations that, oh, 50 percent of the country feels this way, because that's not necessarily indicative of what people right here in our community are feeling. But this I found interesting. Mm -hmm. A survey by the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 72 percent of unvaccinated American workers that they surveyed say that they'll quit their jobs if their employer mandates vaccines. I think we're starting to see some of that in various industries already, and we'll soon know the effects. But, Mike, I know there's folks listening right now that are facing this decision about their health care. What would you say to that person who is likely going to lose their current position? Is there anything they need to keep in mind concerning their retirement accounts they have through their employer or? Well, I mean, I I could give you a very specific example. So I had this conversation with a client of ours, Brian, um, just last week. Gosh, I've been working with Brian for about 10 years now. He and his wife and exactly this has happened to Brian. So he has been told that he is going to be mandated to get the vaccine. He's looking for options. So there are some, I guess, at work, some people are getting together looking for an out, some kind of a, um, a way to opt out of it. He's mm-hmm. nervous that they won't be able to opt out of it. 
And so naturally he called his investment advisor and he said, hey, listen, if I have to retire, what does that look for me right now? And it went a little bit deeper. His concern was, well, if I quit this job because I wasn't willing to take the vaccine and then I go try to get another job, what happens if the other company has a vaccine Mm, mandate? Or what happens if the other company won't hire me because I wouldn't take the vaccine with my previous company? Obviously, this is going back and forth in the news right now. And we're seeing it in industry after industry. I think sort of the most obvious one seems to be the airlines. They don't seem to be indicating the reason for all the cancellations and delays. I mean, we know because their employers don't don't want. But it seems like that might be the case. I think so. Uh, I mean, why all of a sudden? All of a sudden. <laughs> this was never no a problem, reason. but suddenly now that you're mandating vaccines, you can't find anybody to come to work. I forget um, which airline yeah. it was that said, oh, there's all these weather delays. That's why it's just a big cluster this weekend. I'm sorry. And this was a while ago. And it's like, no. Yeah, they always seem to have an excuse other than that's it. Uh, <laughs> our employees don't want to take the vaccine. We jest, but it's a very serious issue for people. And it has to do, obviously, with, hey, it's my body. I should have the right to, you know, what gets stuck in it. And that's all that. So for Brian, uh, we sat down and went through all of his options and said, all right, so here's what it looks like for you if you retire right now. In his case, most government employees have what's called a TSP account. That's Mm -hmm. your employer plan for retirement. And he wanted to know what the options were. And I said, well, you could leave it in the TSP account if you want to, but your issue is going to be the number of options that you have to invest in. So TSP has advantages. The biggest advantage to a TSP account is the cost of investing in it. It's very low, if not zero, to invest in the plan. The trade-off for that is there's no guidance for it. So there's no guidance on how you should invest. And then also there are very, very limited investment options. They've done a little bit better in recent years, but there's still just a handful of options that you can invest in. So as I'm working through this planning process here with Brian and we're saying, well, should I leave it with a TSP because it doesn't cost anything or should I move it to a managed account that would cost something? And what it boiled down to is, well, moving forward and looking at how we feel things are likely to pan out here in the relative near future, we would want to be able to invest in something that didn't require we stay in the stock market. Because we feel that's not likely to do well under current situations. And then we also want to be able to invest in something that doesn't have just one alternative to the stock market, something like bond accounts. So if my investments are overly simplified and I can choose basically just between stocks or bonds or a combination of the two, well, if stocks are likely to do well, I don't want to invest there. But if interest rates are likely to go up, I'm worried about bonds too, because the value of bonds would typically go down if the interest rates go up. There's an inverse relationship there historically. So if you're stuck with an investment account, and those are your two options, but both options are potentially bad ones coming up, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Where do you go if if I don't really have a place to park money? And so that's the conversation that Brian and I are having about his future when it comes to investments, is doing a comparison of his current plan and its options, and then all of the other investment options that are available to him. And then, frankly, does it make sense to pay more in fees if performance is higher. So it may make sense if you can get a higher average rate of return net of fees, then that would make sense. If you can reduce risk net of fees, that makes sense. And so really our job, Kristen, as fiduciaries, isn't to try to steer somebody to a particular investment. 
It's just to help them make informed decisions, and I'm glad uh, to be working with Brian on that. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors and Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Florida license number D056341. California license number 0N00828. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a monthly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission, which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation.